we want to get ready to jump into our fourth part of the Servolution series. How many of you guys have been enjoying the Servolution series so far? Yes, it's been good. And so here's the deal. We have to, uh, we have to get into the Servolution series. And this is probably the harder message of the four that we're going to preach in this series. And I know why Pastor gave it to me to preach, um, because I make you laugh more than he does. So, or not, that's fine too. So, uh, no, that uh, this particular part of the message, when we were talking about serving and we're talking about serving people and we're talking about loving people the way Christ loves people, we knew that we were gonna come across this one particular area that we had to hit on. And this one particular area is something that as you communicate it clearly and as you communicate it in a way that can be understood, you come to the recollection that uh, many people are sitting in our seats and many people are sitting in uh, in our Sunday morning services and they are experiencing church and they were going through the process. They sing our songs. They tithe with their money. They are part of Sunday mornings and they sit all throughout our churches throughout the country and they experience Sunday as God would have it, but they don't know Christ. And so we have to preach this message, which isn't always easy, but it's one that we have to bring to you so that we can help you understand that just understanding biblical moral principles does not make you a true follower of Christ. And so what we want to do today is paint a very clear picture as to uh, what can happen, what it it means to serve others while following Christ. And and hopefully today you may know about him, but we want you to know him before you leave. And we're going to give you that opportunity as well. But if you have your Bibles, uh, we want you to turn in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Um, if you're the kind of people that do like Bibles on your smartphones or your tablets or whatever, uh, if you can tap your way into uh, for 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, and then slide your way uh, down the page, that'd be awesome. Uh, but we're going to get into it. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And that's kind of been our general scripture for Servolution is that how many guys know that if it wasn't for Jesus, we would all still be in some kind of a wretched mess right now. Amen. And so uh, within our affliction, within our times of trials, that God's comfort can overwhelm us. And so with that same comfort, we can display that same love to people so that they can understand God's comfort in their afflictions. How many guys know the world is in a mess right now? You know what I'm saying? It's just, it just is. And so what we want to do has helped the world understand there is a hope in Jesus, amen, that comes from grace and mercy that can get us through no matter what we're going through, amen? All right, I don't know what the rest of you are doing. Us three are having church. I don't know what y'all are doing. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, right? So what we have to understand is that uh, we want to paint this picture very clearly for you. So we're going to spend some time in James, and I'm very excited. The month of August, next month, July, we start our First Things First series, which is going to be an awesome series. We can't wait to get into. And then in the month of August, we're already prepping. Um, We're going to do a series called Faith Works, which comes from uh, Matt Chandler um, over in Texas. And what we're going to do is walk through Faith Works, uh, the book of James. And that is going to be an incredible, incredible series that you don't want to miss as well. 
will. And that's going to be in August. But we're going to do some digging around in James today. Quite a bit of our text is going to come from there. So uh, James 1, 20 through, uh, 22 through 25. And if you hopefully you got your handout of notes on the way in. It says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it or does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. And so what, what James is saying is, is uh, for those of us that don't do, that don't follow through with the life change and the things that the Lord convicts us of, is like those of us that look in a mirror, we see the mess. How many guys how can reflect on your life pre-Christ and you can see the mess, right? I don't know, just a short like rap sheet for you. Um, pretty much moved out of my parents' house in, when I was 13 years old, started dealing drugs. I got into gangs. I got into dealing just, uh, and everything that comes with it. We don't need to break that down, right? Just a whole lifestyle of mess starting when I was 13 years old um, and I didn't find Jesus or I didn't stumble my way back into salvation or however you see that. Jesus didn't call me home until I was 17 years old. And so for four years, man, I got a rap sheet. You know, some people are like, here's my rap sheet. Mine's like, you know, like check this out. So um, I don't say that with pride. I say that with, uh, I don't say that with pride within myself. I say that with an amazing amount of, of pride in the grace of Jesus Christ that he can save anyone. So what he's talking about is James saying when you look in the mirror and you're looking at the mirror, you see that filth. You see who you used to be. And so how many of us are guilty of when we see someone that we need to have compassion on, there's part of us that judges them if we're honest, right? We see that person on the street corner. We see that person that needs help. We see that person that needs our aid. It needs our love. It needs our compassion. And part of us wants to, but then part of us turns away from them because we, we almost judge them for where they are. And if we're all honest, how many of us ever thought, man, they just need to get a job or they just need to do that. Or they just need to do that. And so the sad reality is this, when we do that, we're doing exactly what James is talking about. We're turning, we're, we're, we're forgetting what our reflection looks like. Because outside of seeing Jesus inside of us, our reflection is just as dirty and just as filthy and just as messy as anyone else's. It's by the grace of God we are where we are right now. Whether you believe that or not, I know you may think you're God's gift to this planet and you did it all by yourself, but you're full of it, all right? So just lay that out there real quick. It's by the grace and mercy of God we are where we are. I could be in a ditch somewhere. I could be in prison somewhere. I could be in rehab. So I could be anywhere else, but God has me right here striving towards what his fulfillment is in my life. And how many guys know, as a matter of fact, I went to a few of the, anyway, that's not the point. So by the grace of God, we are where we are, amen? So let's lift up and get ready for God to take us to the next place. So it goes on to say, so when we're looking in the mirror, we see the reflection of who we are, but by the grace of God, we can see Jesus in our reflection and not just who we are, but who he is in us. It's an amazing, then it goes on to say, but whoever looks intently, into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And so James is telling us that as long as we're seeing the reflection, understanding who we used to be, but by the grace of God, we're becoming who he wants us to be, we can constantly understand what it means to love people because we can understand how much God loved us. And the key to serving people is loving people. In case you didn't grab hold of that in the beginning. All right. You guys okay out there? Some of y'all looking at me like I got three heads. Like, what, are you, what is he talking about? 
James 1, 26 and 27 says that those who consider themselves religious, and when it says religious, right? How many guys ever heard the word religious and your automatic, your default is like, oh, those people, right? Like religious, those people, right? And that's not what James is talking about here. James is talking about those who consider themselves in right standing with God, those who consider themselves um, followers of Christ, as we would put it. Those who consider themselves to be religious or faithful or followers of Jesus or, or righteous in the sight of the Lord or all those things. So those who consider themselves to be uh, followers of Christ and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves and their religion, their pursuit of Jesus is worthless. It goes on to say that religion or a pursuit after Christ or following in what God would have for us uh, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And, and, and he doesn't just, he does mean orphans and widows, but what that is is, a, is an analogy um, for those who can't help themselves, for those who are in a helpless place, or those that don't have a voice. In other words, uh, what it means to be a true follower of Christ is to love those who are in a place where they can't help themselves. So if you're going to be a true follower of Christ, if you're going to be a, a Christian, it's going to require you to love and serve people. I know that's heavy. We'll get into it. I'm sorry. I told y'all it's going to be a little heavier than usual today. I know some of y'all are used to that, like, hey, man, let's do this thing. And it's, we are going to get into that. But, man, how many guys understand sometimes we have to understand the full gravity of what it means to follow Jesus? That there is a, you know, when Paul's like, yo, I have to take... I have to die to my flesh daily. To, be, to follow Christ means I have to die to myself. He wasn't like, that wasn't like some metaphorical, like, you know, I just have to, you know, not be the way I want to be. No, he was literally like, yo, I have struggles that I have to overcome daily by the grace of God. And I don't know about you, but I, Brad Livingston, have struggles that I have to die daily to and by the grace of God. And some days I make it and some days I don't. But tomorrow I start all over again and die again to my flesh and die again to my flesh. So to follow Jesus means that I have to die to my personal desires that aren't serving him. And I have to find myself in a position where by the grace of God, I can continue to pursue after him. And that's the huge part of what we're doing. That's what we're talking about. So five reasons why you serve. We want to give you these today. Five reasons why you serve. And five reasons why you need to serve. Number one, you need to serve because you were served. You were served. Jesus was like the best example of humility that the world has ever seen. Literally. Like, can you imagine the conversation between Jesus and God? Like, listen, man, um, I know you're used to being in heaven and everything. Like, everything's really cool up here. But we're going to send you down to earth, and um, you're going to be born in a stable. And um, your whole life, everyone's going to hate you. It's like, ah, yes, sign me up for that. No, no one says that. <laughs> so he's, Jesus is the prime example of humility when he finds himself. And then, and then let me, like, I want to give you the skinny on Jesus. Not only does everyone hate him his whole life, even like his brothers and sisters don't like him either. You know what I'm saying? Like, so he does get to earth. I'll break it down for you like this. How many guys have a brother or a sister? Raise your hand. How many guys could imagine Thanksgiving dinner and your brother or your sister rolls in and they're like, hey, I just want to let you know something. I just found out I'm the savior of the world. 
I, right? Someone would catch a dinner roll to the face. You know what I'm saying? Like croissant upside the temple. That's what would happen. Turkey on the cheek, slap side. Well, that, that is how that conversation would go. And the best way you could prove it is in like to just resurrect yourself after you died. You know what I mean? Then it's like, oh, snap. Didn't catch that. Didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? And that's exactly what happened. Like Jesus, the whole, it's, it's from, the, from the moment of recollection of his physical life that he was who he was called to be and that God had called him to be the savior of the world, he's like, he's telling his brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters are like, nah, no, no, you're full of it. Here, dinner roll, <laughs> you know, like the whole deal is happening. Um, and then all of a sudden he dies and then he resurrects himself and they're like, hmm, you know, maybe he is something special. You know, like that's how that conversation went. My sister's, you know, that's not how me. Was that like, get out of here. She's back there somewhere. Where is she? Love you. Anyway, so, so you need to serve because you were served. You need to serve because you were served. Uh, and the second thing is you need to serve because your life isn't about you. Your life isn't about you. And I know that's a hard pill to swallow for some people to understand that your life isn't about you. I want to give you this scripture, Matthew 20, 25 through 28. And before I give it to you, I want to give you kind of a, I didn't want to read like 86 verses to you at one time. So I just want to give you like a rundown of where we are right here. And so the sons of Zebedee are coming into um coming to Jesus and they're saying, we want to be like followers of you. And what their understanding is, is if they follow Jesus, that they will at some point reign with him. You with me? So like how many guys acknowledge that one day we're going to reign with Christ? Yeah. Amen. And so they're hearing this. They're like, yo, we want to reign with Christ. But their idea of reign was more, uh, more of an idea of they had been oppressed for so long that they were looking forward to being um, the, the ones that were oppressing others. Does that make sense? And so like they were in a, a position in their life where they were constantly oppressed and they were constantly um, being dictated to. And so they're coming to Jesus like, man, we want to follow Jesus so we can be the ones who dictate. And Jesus is like, uh, I don't think you have a good grasp on what this is supposed to look like. And so the disciples are frustrated. Disciples are like, you know, they, they just want to slap these two upside the head. Like that's, you're missing the whole point here. And so Jesus calls the disciples, and this is what he says to them. But Jesus called to them and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. So what he's saying is, you know that the Gentiles are, take dominion over these two. And their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So what Jesus is saying here is like, listen, if you want to be, if you want to be served, you have to serve. If you want to follow me, that means you're going to have to love people. You're going to have to serve people. If you want to reign forever, that means you're going to have to serve now. And that's what he's telling. He's breaking it down to him. And so, uh, and, and I wrote this down because as we come into a true recollection of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, we come into the full concept of what it means for us to walk with humility. Are you with me? So following Jesus requires us to humble ourselves and give our life back to him. And so I wrote this statement down. I think it's awesome. It says that those who are commonly most confident are the ones who are least acquainted with the cross. For those that walk with dominion and authority 
today are the ones that are least acquainted with the cross because you understand that if you walk in the cross, then you walk in humility and you serve because you were served. And a friend of mine introduced me to a producer and he was a famous producer, produced a, a number of, of like platinum selling records and all kinds of crazy stuff. He was, a, he was an amazing, amazing guy. Um, he produced with people like Shaka Khan. And like some, if you don't know who Shaka Khan is, find someone older than you, they'll explain it. Uh, <clears throat> and so, uh, but they, <clears throat> he, he worked with these amazing, amazing people. Um, and so we were at a, a more or less a, a dinner banquet thing for him where they were doing, they were acknowledging all his accomplishments. He was getting sick, so it wasn't too much farther before he was going to pass away. And so he had one more CD project he was working on, going to produce this huge album. And then word got out that he was looking for musicians to play on the, play on the album. And man, people started coming in by the droves, like trying to like give, them, give him their credentials. Like, hey, I'm this good and I worked with these people. And so <clears throat> I'll never forget, <clears throat> it was me and my buddy and this guy. And so one guy walks up to him and he's like, and, and, and the guy that I'm t- referring to, um, who was the famous producer, I don't wanna use his name, it's just, but whatever. Uh, the f- famous producer, um, he was like school of hard knocks all the way. So like he didn't have like $30,000 a semester of like music education and all that stuff. Like he, like everything he learned, he learned about like blowing stuff up in his studio, and like, and like, you know, the hard way. Um, and so this guy walks in, this one particular musician walks in while we're all sitting down, um, you know, on a sofa drinking Diet Coke at this event. And he walks up to him and he starts naming off all of his accomplishments. You know, like, man, I played piano for this guy, piano for this guy. You know, I graduated from Juilliard and, 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 and names start, I mean, he's just like going through all of his. And, and uh, so my buddy, the producer, looks at him when he's done with all of his list of credentials, pats him on the back. He's like, don't worry, don't worry, man, we won't hold any of that against you. He just walks away. And hey, ever have that I'm with him moment? I had one of those. I was like, I'm with him. I'll see you later. I'm gonna go. <laughs> so that was where we were. And all that to say that, man, humility is key when you're understanding what, and that's like, that's a tangible example of like, yo, like your credentials don't matter. Your experience does. And how many guys know you can name off all the biblical references you want, but people want to know whether or not you're going to love them and serve them. That's the credentials that people care about. And so that's what we have to grasp and understand when, we, when we're recognizing that our life isn't about us, right? John 12, 25 says that anyone, it's not on TV, but it is in your notes, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And I had to kind of I wrestle with God with certain words and some of this stuff because, like, I don't hate my life, but I definitely don't know it won't compare to the life that I will have. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, had to, I was like, God, I don't, I mean, I don't hate my life. I just, I'm looking forward to a life with you. You know, like, I have nice things. I have a nice truck. I have a nice house. Like, I enjoy all those. I have a beautiful wife. Probably should have named that first, but it is what it is. So, um, so I love you. I love you. I love you. And so, like, we, ha- we have nice things. Like, we live a good life. We don't live outside of our means. By no means do we live outside of our I mean, you know, but we have, an, uh, we have a good life here. But how many guys know it's not going to compare to the life that we're going to get to live when we finally get to meet Jesus face to face? And so the idea is that anyone who's, anyone who's more focused on what they can obtain than what they can give, anyone that's more focused on how much they're going to live life today as opposed to what they can put today into helping someone else see eternity, anyone that's more focused on today 
well, you're going to lose today. But what you can pour into people, how you can serve people, how you can love people, how you can take people on a journey towards Christ, that in itself is something that's going to last till tomorrow. How many guys ever got a pink slip at work or got fired when you didn't expect it? Or what? How many guys know the things you have can disappear tomorrow? I had a boss and um, he was a great boss. He ran a very successful business. He's been in business for like 40 something years. Um, and his son uh, would call him all the time. At the time, his son was probably in sixth grade. His son would call him with like, hey, I made the basketball team or hey, I got an A on my test or whatever. And he was like, hey, I'm at work. Don't call me. And I finally was like, hey, man, if he ever calls you, whatever you're doing doesn't matter. You realize that. He's like, we were putting price tags on stickers is what we were doing. He's like, I'm busy at work. I was like, you're not busy? What do you, you, we're putting stickers on stuff. Like, you're not, I told him, I was like, whatever you're doing, it's never more important than your son. Because all this can disappear tomorrow. But what won't disappear is your wife and your child. And said, next time he calls, you answer the phone and you talk to him. And he did, and he listened, and, and, you know, whatever. But all that to say, nothing in your life is guaranteed that you're going to get to hang on to. As a matter of fact, most of it you're going to lose one day. When you leave this earth, you're not taking most of it with you. So let's pour what we can into changing people's lives that we might actually see their face in heaven. That's worth serving. Am I telling you how to buy nice things? Nope, I'm not telling you that, all right? So don't leave here and put on Facebook that Pastor Brad's full of mess because he said to sell everything. That is not what I said, all right? (laughs) If you have a nice house, I'm not telling you to sell it, buy a pinto, and live in the woods. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we need to live for people and not for ourselves is what I'm saying. And if God blesses you with things because you're doing that, then roll with it, man. But make sure you're living for people, all right? So we have to come to a conclusion that our life is not about us, that our plans, our ideas, our projects uh, that are to amount to worldly empires, treasures, and fame are not worth it, but they are just blinding distractions from God's ultimate plan for our life. And I think that's one of the reasons why worship is so important, because worship brings into focus who Jesus is. You with me that worship brings into focus who Christ is in our life. And so I wouldn't say it bugs me, but to an extent it bugs me when in praise and worship people are just like, oh, dear God, two more songs, two more songs. You know, because I'm like, man, if you had any recollection of who Jesus is and what he accomplished on the cross, maybe you weren't as messed up as I was. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe hell's not as real to you as it is to me. But the understanding of I once was lost but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see that whole reality of hell and heaven and where I was going, but now I'm not. That whole thing that transpired right then when, I, when salvation hit my life, man, that brings me into a place that when I have an opportunity, especially with the saints, with the people, with the congregation to worship God, I'm like, man, let it all go. I don't care who's watching me. I don't care if I'm sweating. I don't care if I'm crying. I don't care if I'm laying down. I don't want to give God everything I got. So important, man, that we have a full grasp on what worship is. It's not about music, although that's part of it. It's not about uh, singing, although that's part of it. It's about giving God an acknowledgement for what he did in your life. People say, man, I just don't really care that much for worship. I'm like, I question whether you care that much for Jesus. Because what do you think we're going to do forever? Like eternity. Let me break down eternity for you. It never ends. 
Like we're going to a place that never ends to worship him forever. You can't get through 24 minutes. Whatever. I'm going to leave that hanging there. I'll be back. Number three, serving identifies Christ in me. Serving identifies Christ in me. And we, uh, we, I, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. I know some people were asking if we were going to talk about the Supreme Court ruling this week. Um, we, I'm, I'm not really going to spend much time on it. Pastor Dan is going to uh, talk about a little bit of it uh, in next month's series, uh, particularly next week. He's really going to hone in on it. Um, he feels that it's more his responsibility to kind of address it from where we stand as a church and as a leadership and as a staff. Um, so when I, uh, if, and in case you've been living under a rock for 72 hours, uh, the Supreme Court did uh, legalize in all 50 states gay marriage. Um, so they ruled uh, that it is now a law that we acknowledge gay marriage in all 50 states. So maybe you don't have technology at all um, and you've missed that part. But um, yeah, so it, it did rule that. Here We, we want to mention two things. I did text pastor and ask permission to cover these um, and he did not respond. So I'm going to take that as a yes. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> two things that I think is important that we understand um, with this. The first one is that God's unique design of the universe always allows for regeneration. All right. So whether we're talking, if we're talking about whether how God sees it, God designed the universe a very specific way. And I think we have to acknowledge that as Christians. So as believers, we support regeneration, um, and man, woman. Okay. I do. I think we just, that it is what it is. All right. The second thing is that we also have to understand that the very same grace that saved me from my filthy, wretched, nasty sin of a life that I had before I met Jesus is the same grace that can transform people that aren't nearly as in as much mess as I was. All right. And I, the reason I say it like that is because I'm describing me as filthy and wretched and nasty and disgusting life. And I see uh, people who are living wholesome lives and doing a lot of things that are morally correct. They're just distracted by one particular area or deceived by one particular area. And uh, I would say that they are morally more justified than I was, but it still requires Jesus to experience salvation and salvation still must lead to a permanent life change. All right. It's the same for everybody. And those are the only two things I'm going to say about it. Um, Pastor Dan's going to hit more on it next week. All right. But it did remind me of this one particular deal, Chick-fil-A protester. How many of you guys remember when Chick-fil-A was getting protested? You guys remember that whole deal? Right. Who in the world protests fried chicken? That's all I'm saying. I don't get it. Doesn't make sense to me. It is what it is. It just whatever. Me personally, I'm not in for it. So, um, but I remember this one particular deal. They were interviewing, talking about the, the point that we're on, that it identifies Christ in us. We, they, were, they were interviewing one guy who was protesting at Chick-fil-A. And he, the whole thing was he got hungry and realized he didn't have his wallet, right? He wasn't planning on eating at Chick-fil-A. He just got hungry and realized he didn't have his wallet. He was the only guy protesting at this one Chick-fil-A. Again, fried chicken, whatever. So they come out. The manager comes out and just gives him a free meal. Like here, you know, here's a drink. Here's some chicken sandwich or whatever they gave him. And so the guy was like in that place where he's like, okay, do I eat this food? Cause I'm really hungry. Or out of principle, do I not eat it? Well, the long and short of it was he ate it. You know, it's fried chicken people. So he, he ate it. 
And uh, so after he ate it, uh, he actually, you know, it was kind of the tail between the legs thing at that point. So the manager engages him in conversation. And after they ended up having a conversation, um, he acknowledges to the news media source and says, hey, you know, um, I, I, I still don't believe in, like, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in church. I don't believe in any of those things. But what I do believe is that there's something inside of that guy that's not inside of anyone else I've met before. And so you can say what you want, but serving and loving people the way Christ served and loved people, it identifies the power of the gospel inside of you. And that's super important. So I would even go as far as to say this. I didn't say this in the the last service. People have been putting up stuff on Facebook and I'm going to take like a week's hiatus from, from social media. I'm like on the brink of like a breakdown. It's crazy right now. I'm like, ugh. Um, but what I will say is this, even post, um, one of the posts that bugs me a little bit is the love the sinner, hate the sin thing. And I even think that's like, just, that doesn't communicate our message, man. What we need to communicate is the same grace and same love that Jesus found me in can find anybody in. If he found me, he can find anybody. You know what I'm saying? So let's pray that and believe that over people. So I just think that's huge. But anyways, moving right on. Number four. Number four is that serving points others to Jesus. Serving points others to Jesus. Galatians 5.14 says that for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the whole law is fulfilled in one word that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Then John 13, 35 says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So what is he saying? The whole law is fulfilled in love and the very way that people are gonna identify that we're his disciples is that we love one another. So serving people, loving people to the point that we serve them points others to Christ. And so, and one of the things that you, you need to understand is that if you're walking in these other areas, you know, if you're walking out, um, you know, understanding that we serve because we were served and that serving identifies Christ inside of us, it brings us to this recollection that we don't have a problem giving God the glory when people acknowledge what we're doing. You know, when you serve people, have you ever had someone, when you serve them, you love them, and they, they just talk to you like, oh man, thank you so much. Your knee-jerk reaction is what? Man, we're just here because Jesus put us here. You know what I mean? Like we say that. But have any of you guys ever met someone with like false humility? You're like, man, I really like your shoes. And they're like, to God be the glory. You know what I mean? Like, y'all know anyone like that? <laughs> y'all do know people like that. I see, I see, right? People that like give God the glory for no reason, you know? Like, <laughs> anyways, I like your haircut, man. It's all about Jesus. It's like, no, I just want to know what barber you went to. I don't, whatever. <clears throat> it kind of reminds me of people that like, when you ask them how they're doing, they actually start telling you. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, man, listen. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't know we were getting into all this. Like, I ask you, you say fine. You ask me, I say fine. And we both go on our way. People actually start breaking down their life. It's like, I I I didn't know I was signing up for all this. Can we take it? Can I take it back? Anyway, so I'm just kidding. Just kidding, kind of. So um, number five, number five, we'll get ready to let you guys go in a few minutes, is that grace requires it. Grace requires us to serve people. 
because grace requires us to love people. If we're going to be disciples of Christ, we're going to be followers of Christ, it requires us to serve people. James 1.27, let's break that scripture down one more time. It says that religion that, our, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So religion or following Christ in a way that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after those who cannot speak for themselves and for those that are being oppressed in their distress and to keep oneself from being being polluted by the world. And so uh, to follow Christ means to serve people. It literally means to serve people. James 2, 18 through 20, which is not on the TV, but it is, it is in your notes. It says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well, but even the demons believe and they shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? And so, so many people see the words of James as like a contradiction to the words of Paul because Paul writes that you can't work hard enough and you can't do enough to earn this salvation, right? And people all over Facebook were blasting me already when I was posting the scripture. They're like, yeah, but that's a contradiction to Paul because Paul says that you can't do enough good stuff to earn salvation. But James is saying you have to do good stuff to earn salvation. And that's not what James is saying. What James is saying is this, that if you are saved and if you walk in Christ and if you have received salvation, if you are a follower of him, there better be works that show up because of it. If you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to serve Jesus, there better be some serving of people that follow it. Because if there's not, there is not genuine salvation. And so if you can't look at your life, you can't see where you're serving people, where you're loving people, I would have to ask the question, do you really know him? Because knowing him transforms you into wanting other people to know him. How many guys ever had something like really cool happen to you? You know, like, you, you, well, I'm not going to say that. That's a terrible analogy in a church. Um, I'm going to say that. How many guys ever want a scratch off? I'm like, no, 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 don't answer. Never mind. Don't do that. Right? How many guys, how many guys ever had someone walk up to you and give you like $500 before? Wait, that doesn't happen to people. How many of you ever had someone walk to you and give you like $50 before? That might happen every once in a while, right? Okay, three of us. So, uh, so how many like part of you was like, man, I'm like this is awesome. I want to tell someone. Or it's like something really cool happens to you, you want to tell someone. Can I tell you something? When you experience Jesus, that's the best thing in the world that could ever happen to you. You want to tell someone, but don't just tell them, show them. Don't just tell them, hey, Jesus changed my life and I'm this new person. It's like, cool, so can you help me out with this? Ah, no, I'm busy. Nah. I mean, some of us are busy, don't get me wrong, but you know what I'm saying. We gotta find ways to impact people and we gotta find ways to let our works be seen because of salvation. You're not working to be good enough to be saved, you're working because you are saved. You're not serving to be saved, you're serving because you are saved. You're not loving to be saved, you're loved because you are saved and you're loving because you are saved. 
So James comes in and says that faith without works is dead. You can't do enough good things to earn salvation. You cannot do enough good works to perform enough holy tasks. You can't sit in enough church services. You can't sing enough songs. You can't give enough money to be saved. But the mere fact that grace is so abundant that it wipes away all of your sins and allows you to stand in right standing with Jesus and Jesus can look down on you and see the reflection of himself and God can see the reflection of his son in you. And that one analogy, that one performance, that one act that Jesus accomplished on the cross paid for the sins for you and for me allows us to stand in a position with God where he says, now you're mine. But if you're gonna be mine, you better serve people. You better love people. I got this one thing. It says that we don't say, how dare we not show grace and compassion on those less fortunate than us because we have grace. We say, how dare we assume that we have received grace if we do not show grace and compassion on those less fortunate than us. That's powerful. That's heavy, right? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to throw it. Just toss you an 80 pound dumbbell. Good luck. No, just like. And then I wrote this down. You can write this down, write it on your arm or something. You can remember it. It says, serving is an option for those who act saved, but serving is an identifier of those who are saved. Serving is an option for those who act saved, for those that think they've received Jesus, for those that think they walk in grace, for those that can, you know, like, yeah, I'm saved. I, you know, I don't really, I'm, I don't talk to anyone. I don't serve people. I don't help people, but I'm saved. Mm. It's not my position to tell you that you're not, but the Bible is very clear on what follows after salvation. James is very clear on what follows salvation and that's loving and serving people that they might see the reflection of Christ in us. Today, we wanna to give you an opportunity to know him before you leave today. Go ahead and close your eyes all across this place. And so here's the deal, guys. We wanna we, we want to pray two very specific prayers over you today or, or, or give you the opportunity, I should say, to pray two very specific prayers. The first one is this. There are many people that sit in churches all over the country. There are many people that sit in our church every Sunday. They sing our songs. You clap your hands. You love the life that Jesus makes available, but you are realizing that the life that Jesus has made available is in fact not the life that you're living. You have good moral behavior. You have good biblical moral behavior, but Jesus is not in control of your life. But today you wanna let Jesus be in control of your life. The other is for people, you don't know Jesus and you know you don't know Jesus. Like, man, I don't know Jesus, but you wanna know Jesus. If either one of those is a reality to you, we want to, by the drawing of the Holy Spirit, introduce you to the savior of the world and the person that can turn your life around. If either one of those hits home to you, you say, I don't know Jesus, 
but I want to know him, or I thought I know him, but I'm realizing that I don't, but I want to know him. Today, you want to know Jesus before you leave this place. Would you raise your hand? God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up all across this place. I want to know Jesus. Once you put your hands up, you can put it right back down. I want to know Jesus. I want to know that he's in control of my life. I want to give him. I want to surrender to him today. God bless you. I want the Lord, I want Jesus to take control. If you're on a live stream, you can pray with us. We're going to pray a prayer. I want you to repeat after me. And if, if you're in this place and you pray this prayer, Man, and you believe it in your heart, you allow Jesus to take control of your life, you're saved. And if you're, you're watching on live stream, I want you to pray it with us. Even if you're in that coffee shop, just freak everybody out. Don't worry about it. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, everyone in the church, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for grace. And thank you for mercy that is available through the cross. Forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my wrongs, make me whole, take my life and put me back together again. I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, put your hands together for all those that prayed it, maybe for the very first time. We celebrate with you on live stream, we celebrate with you. We wish you to do three very important things following that prayer. Number one, you need to find a church that you can call home. A body of believers is so important in this walk with Christ. Number two, you need to get locked into some sort of a reading and prayer plan. Make sure you're doing that because those are two essentials. And then um, number three, you need to find a way that you can allow yourself to start serving and surrounding yourself on a daily basis with people, small groups, Whatever it is, you need to do those things. So make sure you lock into that today uh, and find a way. If you don't have a home church, we would love for you to be a part of TC. TC, would we not love to have people be a part of this church? Yes. Yes. Come out today. We appreciate you guys.